Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Two years in, two years left for turnaround efforts at South Bend School's Empowerment Zone. The zone is made up of Navarre Middle School and four elementary schools that feed it. The Empowerment Zone was created in 2019 to transform Navarre Middle School within five years. Navarre had received failing grades from the state for several years prior. Now, three years in, Navarre and its four feeder elementary schools are seeing improvements. With two years left, what's next for the zone with its new chief taking over? The work itself. Dr. Davian Lewis has only been working in South Bend's empowerment zone for two weeks, but he's worked in school districts across the country that face similar challenges. What I like to remind folks is that schools are simply a microcosm of communities. And so whatever is happening in a local community, all of those things will manifest in a school. Here he's bringing his experience to help in the turnaround efforts. He now oversees the zone's goals, budget, and leadership. There are a lot of things that are already working really well um, here in the empowerment zone. Um, and so I'm not coming in, um, unless the data tells me otherwise, I'm not coming in to kind of turn everything upside down and start from scratch. But he does have his work cut out for him. Not only does he have to continue to pave the way for academic improvements, but also he'll help to formulate a plan for what's ahead after two years. On average, some of our students were generally about two grades behind. Sam Santeas is the chair of the South Bend Empowerment Zone Board. He's been a part of this since the beginning. So I think that's when I, I always talk about how challenging it is, you know, when you think about just fix the school, right? Well, it's not just the school, right? It, it, it's, a, it's a community issue of disinvestment in these neighborhoods. For the past three years, Santeas and the board, along with school leadership, worked to change the public's perception of the area. We want families that live in this neighborhood to be proud that they live near Navarre, and we want graduates of Navarre to be proud that they went here and, and love their ed, ed, um, educational outcome. And school leaders took a deep dive into the data to examine why the schools within the zone were struggling. We implemented a program um, called iReady. Um, and so th like that was a way for us to get different and better data about our students and what they're, they're learning, how they're progressing, um, what, they, you know, what their challenges are, how do we custom tailor curriculum to them. And now, Santea says, they're getting results. The number of our students that we have that are on grade level are going up faster than they were before. According to the Empowerment Zone data, over the past three years, the percentage of students who are at or above grade level has gone up 14 points in reading and math. Enrollment is increasing, and teachers and staff are getting paid more. I use the example of, you know, if you're trying to jump and touch the rim, right? Not everybody can do that, mm -hmm. right? But if every year you're jumping six inches higher, mm -hmm. right, you're progressing, but every single year you failed, mm -hmm. right? And so this allows us to be like, yes, yeah. okay, there you go. And then I think next year, um, 
And so that, that then from a perspective of showing growth is really important. Centeus is hopeful the growth will continue under new leadership. He's going to be a great trumpet to say, like, here's the great things that we're doing, followed by here's how people can help us meet some challenges. Wednesday is the first day of school for Empowerment Zone students. Of course, that includes students at Navarre Middle School, Wilson, Warren, Harrison, and Coquillard Elementary Schools. On our website, I've put more information on the improvements that are happening at the Empowerment Zone right now. And coming up Wednesday in Operation Education, more on Lewis and why he says he might be able to connect with many of the people in the zone. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. One of the largest resource centers in the state is now open in Mishawaka to help people overcome addiction. A new recovery center is helping people find a place to get help. Praxis of South Bend will now be offering 160 beds for patients that need a place to stay while they're recovering. It was a chance to see what your loved ones could call a temporary home while they get help. General, you know, length of stay somewhere around 21 days, although that could be shorter or longer depending on someone's individual needs for care. In group, individual, or even family counseling, the goal is to help people turn their lives around. If it's a drug, we help. And a lot of people don't even come in just using one. We always look at what is the primary substance that someone's using, because typically if you've been using substances, you're going to need to have a, a safe and monitored withdrawal period. The biggest difference for this center is the 160 beds are all for Medicaid users. Doobie says only 5% of recovery beds nationwide accept Medicaid, making it harder for those who struggle the most to get in. But for every uh, Medicaid bed, typically there's at least five people on a wait list trying to get that bed. So the need is huge. There's now no need to drive two hours to Indianapolis or two hours to Fort Wayne to seek out quality Medicaid treatment. The close proximity is something Ethan Kobe says will be huge. As the patient engagement manager, he's now overseeing the exact positions that helped him when he was an addict. And those are the people that have the most interaction with our clients. And as a client, um, the Pez were who I connected with the most. A large majority of them are in recovery. A lot of them can speak to where I am, where my head's at, um, especially at that point in time. Um, and that's kind of a piece that I've always enjoyed being able to bring to the puzzle. Giving credit to the treatment he received, he's now paying it forward to those who are now in his old shoes. I treat them like myself because they are my people. I am one of them. Doobie says it was an important time to open up this facility because just last year, Indiana saw a 21% spike in overdose deaths. And they fear that would only get worse if people don't know there's places like this that are open. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. A family-friendly event at Fremont Park was started by community members who wanted to create a positive environment. Organizers say the Stop the Violence block party is a way to celebrate life. The Fremont Youth Foundation says events like this inspire the next generation. It's a friendly reminder that it takes a village to create a safe community for kids. Oftentimes we always come together for tragedies, but we want to make a stand and say, hey, we can have fun in this neighborhood too. You know, we're from this neighborhood that it's not always positive, but guess what? We can make it that way. Enjoying the neighborhood park, meeting neighbors, and becoming a safer community. Being a good role model by setting the example that violence doesn't belong at home. It gives them the keys to success because it shows them that you're supposed to love thy neighbor, you know, so 
the 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 basic of being you know a good person since 2014 the fremont youth foundation has hosted the stop the violence block party a family-friendly event that showcases the power of positivity the goal is to get the next generation to feel comfortable in their community as simple as making a new friend on the swing we're finding a group to take a spin on the merry-go-round it like gets the kids out of their house because usually kids are all on their phones and stuff creating a community that'll grow up playing together by dealing with any disagreements on the playground organizers hope the next generation can avoid violence later in life if kids are shown the right way they can it can do the right things you know but it, it's down to us to show them and guide them. The event was also centered around back to school to help create a foundation of success for the youth. From school supplies to haircuts, the goal was for the local kids to be prepared for the new year. It starts here at home. This is our home. You know, Fremont Park, Fremont Youth Foundation, this is a home for us. So we want to let these children know that, hey, it starts here at home. So we're going to get it started right here and right now so that when you go and walk through those school doors, you're ready for success with a smile on your face. The Fremont Youth Foundation is hoping to have more events in the future, including a book club and a Christmas toy drive. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. A new not-in-my-backyard moment for homeowners at and near Jude Creek Golf Course. 52 acres of farmland east of Mishawaka are being proposed for commercial use. This plot of land sits on the north side of Cleveland Road, west of Capitol Avenue, and south of the Indiana Toll Road. The land is currently used for farming, but a request for rezoning has been submitted to the Mishawaka Planning Commission. What could go there? The proposal says new and used car dealerships, auto repair, service, and body shops. Although no specific uses or buyers have been identified. I'm afraid we're just putting more corporate entities in that site would increase the traffic flow so that the noise level and the possibility of accidents would go up and it'd be harder to get out of our development. So we're, yeah, we're totally against it here. Neighbors I spoke with in the Judy Creek Estate subdivision, which sits diagonal from the land, are against this proposal. They're worried about the increased traffic it would bring. A traffic study in March of 2022 found that on average, there were nearly 11,000 trips made daily along Cleveland Road. It's already difficult to get out of the neighborhood at uh, rush hour, get out or in. And um, this summer alone, there have been accidents right on the other side of our fence. Jenny says she's lived at her home for about 13 years and has seen traffic and accidents increase ever since. We have five children and it has made me nervous that cars could come up in the yard and hit one of us. Mishawaka's planning staff believes that the proposed zoning is appropriate given the commercial growth in the area. But many neighbors told me they would like to see the land be used for more residential property. The only thing Mishawaka Planning said that the land could not be used for is a gas station. A final vote on the rezoning proposal will be September 19th. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Residents at Elkhart Stratford Commons are angry over a breach of their personal data. Residents at the complex say papers were clipped to their doors that contained their social security numbers and other identifying information. It cannot be understated how furious the residents are about this incident. The council president who represents the residents says many of them have already been in contact with lawyers. I was very irate and I still am. It's supposed to be one of your most well-guarded pieces of personal information. 
But those who live at Elkhart Stratford Commons say their social security number was put up for anyone to see last week by a member of the complex security team. I had a few residents start knocking on my door, um, complaining about, hey, this paper was delivered to our door on our clips. We have these little clips outside our door. And they said, our social security numbers are on it. Sample then took this to the higher-ups at the complex, where she was assured the resident's private data was safe. She presented me with that the security guard has a confidentiality agreement, and I explained to her, I says, there's a lot of companies have confidentiality agreement. There's still some people you can't trust. And then we have family members and other people walking around the building during the day the complex is home to around 150 people, and according to Sample, about 50% were affected by this incident. One neighbor who had her social security number put on her door says it makes her very worried that she doesn't officially know how long the document was on her door. This is a doctor appointment, so I, for sure, I don't know how long, depending on how long it took me to come down to her with that paper. I don't remember what time it was. I don't know how long it had been hanging out there. Gentry pointed out that having those documents pinned to the door is basically asking someone to come steal her identity. They had all the pertinent information, our rent, social security numbers, name, apartment number. That's how identities get stolen. And who knows if they're taking pictures of some of these documents. We reached out to management at Stratford Commons and we were told we would get a call back. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. Local political experts weigh in on the recent FBI search of former President Trump's Florida estate. Some are saying this act could have heavy consequences and not just to the former president. IUSB's Gerald Wright has studied politics since the 1980s. One professor says it's unimaginable that someone, especially the former president, could have top secret documents in their home. It is patently illegal for anybody to have, if those documents are classified the way they said, they cannot be outside of a secure facility. Nobody can do that. Uh, and there's just no, no getting around it. Gerald Wright has studied and taught American politics, public opinion, and more on political science at Indiana University for decades. He says with the recent investigation of the former president regarding the Capitol riots and now the findings of alleged sensitive documents, it could all have some negative impact on the Republican Party. And for a lot of people, I believe it's you like Trump and you approve of him uh, and the way he does politics or you don't. Uh, and with all the bad news piling up on him, my guess uh, is that more and more people uh, will say, now nah, this, this guy's a bad bet. Uh, we can't support him. Gerald says it's too soon to speak on the election in 2024, but if he had to guess, the chances of Donald Trump winning the election just got smaller. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 